So we started this bulldog draft with AJ Brown getting the value at the 11th pick, but we turned around and at the 14th went Devonta Smith. And based on the comments on the video, people were very angry with us. So I don't know about you guys, but today I am ready to anger everybody again. What's going on, Eric, Trev, and Silas? It's time to do the round three and potentially four picks for this Bulldog draft. Um, what were you guys' reactions? We'll start with you, Silas, about the way we started this draft. I love how people get so mad of what you do with your own money. Like, <laughs> they, they act like this is their draft, and you know they, they have to make every decision for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, I love the comments. Try. I don't think I don't think I've seen anyone mad about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins being drafted together. I don't <laughs> think this is too different, but uh, apparently it's criminal. Eric, I know you like to fire back at people. What were your thoughts? Oh, I don't hold. I don't. I don't hold back. I got the. I got the the keys to the YouTube account, obviously. So uh, when people <laughs> fire, when people fire the "you're an idiot" or "this doesn't make sense" or or whatever, I'm happy to. You know, I, I'm not a total asshole, but I, I will uh, be a little snarky. I do think it's funny. We talked through four different people talked through the thought process behind that selection. And no, none of us, even Silas, who brought up the idea of Devonta Smith was like, I'm, I'm, even though you guys might be convinced now, I'm not totally convinced. None of us were saying, this is what you have to do. And this is what you have to do in every draft. We actually talked about why it was specific to this tournament and why it made more sense in this tournament. And we talked through the, the thought process as to why we were doing it. It doesn't mean it's right, wrong, or indifferent versus a Garrett Wilson or Devontae Adams or Amon Ross St. Brown right there. But I think that the thought process was really sound. And I think it's just funny to see um, the kind of, like not silo, but the the people get really tunnel vision on this is right and this is wrong, and um, everybody like there was only a couple other picks that we could make there anyway. We we discussed why we weren't going to take a running back and we weren't going to take a quarterback. So Devonta Smith versus any other wide receiver we were taking there is really not that not that big of a deal. And now we at least had a potential for an Eagle stack set up there. And we do have an Eagle secondary stack at worst. So um, I, I actually kind of the, the pushback that we may have gotten in some of the YouTube comments or, or whatever, I actually think it, it made me feel better. It, it made me feel better about what we did. Yeah. I, I liked it too. My favorite is like, what are you doing? It's like, we told you what we're doing. That's the best. Like, the best comments are, uh, this makes no sense. Yeah. I think so, someone comments like, this makes no sense. I'm like, well, if you watch the video, we talked about why it does make sense. You don't have to agree. Right. Trust me. I, I don't always agree with everything, even that, say, Rob and I do on a draft stream together. But like, it, it's not that it makes zero sense. It's just you may not think it was the best pick. All right. Let's see what went on in this draft after we made our picks real quick. Um, if there's anything that jumps out. So as I look through the board, everything seems relatively normal. What we talked about with with these quarterbacks, we do see Hertz and Allen going the third round. DJ Moore going Holy with hell. Hopkins at the two three turn is a real interesting development. And as you said, Silas, Hertz was a timed out pick, so he's either drafting on his rankings or uh, just auto drafting, probably drafting on rankings. What what is going on at that one on one? 
with the Hopkins DJ Moore double tap there. I actually, it, it's one of those things that you're just trying to get a little bit different from the field. Like you're mm. typically taking T Higgins, Olave, you know, the, any of those two, three turn running backs. Like he's just trying to build a, a slightly different team in case Jefferson smashes, which he probably will. Right. Anything, Wait till the uh, YouTube commenters see the uh, DeAndre uh, Hopkins and DJ Moore reach. Oh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, other than the DeAndre Hopkins thing, right, this second round is is looking basically the way I think it should look now. Where, remember, we were talking about, like, you could get a really good pick at that 301 to, like, 305 range. That's starting to to evaporate a little bit and it's starting to become a different tier there, uh, especially in this draft. So I expect to see that more in some of the BBMs and other tournaments going forward. But why don't we see what's available to us right now after our AJ Brown, Devonta Smith start. So top of the queue, we're looking at like Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, Debo, Amari, Najee Harris, Christian Watson, Jameer Gibbs, Keenan Allen, so on and so on. Um, I'll throw it to you, Trev. Do you see anything on this list that's jumping out to you with our particular start? This is honestly like my least favorite part of the draft. I hate yeah. most of the wide receivers. I'm not huge on Andrews, but uh, you know, seeing the Ravens stack that we'd probably get sniped on is always interesting. Um, other than that, I'm a, I'm a Gibbs. I'm a Gibbs guy. That would probably that's the number one guy who sticks out for me. Just I think he's got all the upside, but other than that, it's kind of like pick your flavor of mid-tier wide receiver because, you know, we have Debo is the top guy, and I don't I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. Sam Donald's looking great at OTA, so, you know, that's something we got going. And after that, you know, it's middling. Silas, what are you, what are you looking at here? Um, I mean, the running back options are a little underwhelming for me. Um, uh, as you can see through the uh, draft IQ, like I, I don't take a lot of Najee. Um, I don't have a ton of Gibbs in, or Gibbs in uh, half PPR because I think he's more of a PPR dar- darling. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be more going towards an upside wide receiver, a la like Amari with a second year Deshaun, um, second year breakout Watson, uh, or hoping that Judy can stay healthy. Gotcha. Eric? I mean, we got to talk about this Ravens thing, right? Yeah, that's uh, where I was going to talk about. I, I think I, I agree with everything that you guys said. Um, I do. I know uh, we, we might be split on Gibbs. We may not end up uh, taking Gibbs because I'm a, a little bit more on the, the Trev side. I know Rob is anti-Gibbs on underdog. So um, we that may be not something that we consider here. But I think we got to talk about the Ravens stack. And <clears throat> if we want to try to see if we can get it essentially and how we would go about trying to get it. Because I think if I had my, you know, if I had my druthers and we could start AJ Brown, Devonta Smith with the, with an Eagle stack and Lamar, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews with the Raven stack as, as the foundation of this team, I think that's like unreal, especially in this bulldog tournament with only 36 drafts, right? So there's only 36. There there may not be that many Lamar Jackson and uh, Mark Andrews stacks as it is because it is a little bit, if you don't reach, this doesn't happen very often. The opportunity to get them at the 
three four turn, and then uh, spoken as someone who reaches on <laughs> Lamar and Mark Andrews at the two three turn sometimes in uh, say BBM drafts. And we, I think we need to talk about if uh, Braden is going to take either one of these guys if we right and like do we a do we want to try to see if we can get the Raven stack and B will Braden take one of them if we don't and then which one right is Braden more likely to take Mark Andrews or Lamar Jackson um just starting that conversation my vote would be we take Mark Andrews because even if we don't get Lamar it's fine it's totally fine we just get an elite elite tight end and we give ourselves the chance to to get Lamar but um I'm interested in what you guys are thinking about that so I, I would just start with the running back thing. Our whole plan for this draft was to kick running back down down the road here, right? And I don't think that Jameer Gibbs is worth making that detour here for that. I don't think there's enough value in that spot to go to Jameer Gibbs. So I'm still anti-taking an RB at this point. I was going to bring up the, the Raven stack because I'm kind of the opposite on it with you Eric where I think it's more likely that if we take Lamar we're going to get Andrews on the wrap here and I think it's safer because even if we don't get Andrews we can make our decision on who we'd want to stack Lamar with further in the draft like if we wanted to go with Rashad Bateman or something like that so that's the way I would want to play it personally I understand going the other way with it too because you know, maybe Braden, he's going to grab Najee Harris or something and just go with this robust team and then grab a wide receiver because he feels panic. So I can see, I can see both sides of the coin on this one. I just think the safer play is Lamar because of things we can do with Lamar down the road where Mark Andrews just becomes an insulary one-off piece, which isn't the worst thing ever. Yeah, I was going to say where we are in the draft too, there's – Kittle and Pitts normally fall down to that 5-6 turn, which would give us another chance for a tight end. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we don't have a we don't have a good, at least, Dolphins player for Week 17 on the comeback. So while that's not the most important thing, it's something that I usually think about. So if we're having just the Mark Andrews, he's really just going to be a one-off because – we're not going to have someone for week 17. If he takes Lamar, then we're not going to have the stack either. And I like the elite tight end because we can really punt to that last couple rounds and take some random starter. Um, but double double wide receiver and then elite QB is pretty nice to start off, I think. Yeah, so, uh, let me jump in there. So I, I kind of agree with Rob and Trev where Lamar would be my preferred if we're going to go for the Raven stack. Um, I kind of glossed over it because I've tried to do this stack a million times from the back <laughs> yeah. end, and it yep. always gets sniped. Um, it, with running back, um, kind of going to what Rob brought up, like Braden already has two, so that, what are the chances he's actually going to take a third? Um, you know, so if we were going to go running back, I'd prefer to do it at the fourth round pick rather than this third round pick. Um, I think Lamar is definitely the smarter one because we have options later on. Um, we do potentially have a Miami stack in, in week 17 uh, with the news that Dalvin got released. So I'm um, just going to keep that in the background. I still like A-Chain too until until something actually goes on. And that yep. and that thing, and we're going zero RB rough, 
theoretically on this team. A chain would make sense for this team. He's going to be like our fourth, third, fourth running back or something like that. Um, so that is the week 17 stack. The, the other thing we have to discuss before we make that decision is in lieu of Baltimore, do we want a double tap wide receiver? That's another, <clears throat> that's, this is a really interesting spot actually with both Andrews and Lamar being on the clock and our strategy that we outlined in the, in the first video being a little bit anti anti running back because it's interesting. I, my question, I'm going to start with the Ravens and then we can talk about the wide receiver thing. Who do you think <clears throat> my thesis for the Andrews uh, over Lamar here is not that I would prefer to have Andrews on this team. I actually think I would prefer to have Lamar uh, on this team as you guys kind of outlined perfectly but the the idea of Andrews is that Braden is less likely to take Lamar if we take Andrews. And the other the other point that we should probably consider with the wide receiver discussion is if we try to double tap wide receiver, he's definitely taking Lamar and Andrews and getting this Lamar Andrews stack here at mm-hmm. the at the three four turn that we want uh, or we're at least considering. So. I'm not trying to block other people from things, but uh, it's at least like a a small little feather in our cap to think about. And so I want to hear what you guys think about if if we take Lamar, I think people are more, whether it's right or wrong, are more likely to take that elite one off. He's clearly okay anti-wide receiver. Right. He took two running backs to start the draft. He's clearly okay being, you know, a zero wide receiver type of build. So I think he would be more likely to snipe us on Andrews, which is okay. As you guys mentioned, there's Bateman, there's Zay Flowers, there's Odell, there's likely later, right? There, there's options for us. But I think right here, the goal of taking one of the Ravens is to get this elite onesie stack. That The perk of these two is the stack is great, of course, but it's like elite onesies. Now we can only take two quarterbacks. We can only take two tight ends. We're clearly going to be zero RB, so we want to take volume of running backs. That gives us that flexibility, and we're not even considering running backs here anyway. So I I would really love to get the Lamar-Andrew stack personally, but I just – I'm trying to think about, A, is it even possible, right? He may just scoop one of these guys anyway, but how would we – what would be the best way to – right? Is it Lamar or is it Andrews? And then – if it if we don't even think like it's reasonable or possible, is it worth letting this guy get Lamar Andrews stack at the three four turn to just keep pounding wide receiver in this range? So uh, I actually I'm not trying to make this video too long, but this is like a really fascinating yeah. Yeah, uh, strategical spot. decision here. I think Silas, can you pull up Braden's team real quick? I just want to see the two running backs that he has. It's um, so it's Taylor Chubb. So. I, I don't know exactly. This is what a running back burrow. This is right, a right. like you. You don't take those two guys at the turn if you're not like a anti wide receiver guy. So, so, so wouldn't we think he's more likely to take Lamar since he's a running back? That's my that's thought process. <laughs> is he would probably like in my opinion if he's gonna go, and I'm not saying he's doing this. He might just go with the double, you know, the double running back, and then and then lay off. But if he's gonna go robust. My thought would be with him taking Taylor Chubb, especially reaching for Chubb like at the at the two oh one, that he would probably go Lamar Najee would be my thought process here. 
Because he's I like, I even see him taking like Cooper, like in him building a a, a Brown stack true, if true. he's that smart. Um, or you know he could go. And it is a five hundred dollar tournament, right? So like we can we we joke about the running back bros, but like this guy's not a total fish. You you, you don't put you don't put five hundred bucks on a best ball team being uh, a moron. So yeah, I, God, it's really tough. It's because, I don't know because if you're going robust RB, you're going to be taking wide receivers later. And who's a better stacking partner than Lamar to get your wide receivers later? Right. So like, that's the way that it feels like he's building out his team. And again, he could just be going with the double elite running back and then build around that. It doesn't mean he's going robust, but if he is, my thought would be that he's going to go Lamar, Najee, Jameer Gibbs, whichever one. I feel like he likes Najee better personally, but you know, I'm throwing something against the wall there, but to your point, he could also be like, well, then let me just lock up elite tight end. Let me do Najee. Najee Andrews he could do either and we this could be a zero win proposition and trying to get the double stack but if it's a zero win proposition and trying to get the double stack which guy do we like having on the team better and I think Trev's point is really solid where it's like if we do want to get that elite tight end that five six turn might get us Kyle Pitts or um it probably will right so I if we're gonna go that route, it's Lamar for me. If we're gonna go double wide receiver, my hands are kind of like thrown up. It's like it's like Amari Cooper, I guess. I don't I don't have strong conviction on any of the wide receivers. I actually like the guys down a little bit more, a little past Christian Watson, personally. Like I like Drake London, Mike Williams better overall, like for upside purposes than than Amari, but you know those are guys that we can get at the four spot instead. So do we like, do we like the other guys? I don't know. I think I'm Lamar on this one personally. Trev, I want to hear if so two part, two part question. We're going to make it tricky. <laughs> if, if you were not going to take one of the Ravens, which wide receiver would you prefer to take here? And then do you think that there is like, how would you kind of, play this if you were on your own with the Andrews and Lamar thing, if you wanted to target it. So like one part, right. Being I'm not interested in the Ravens. And then the other part being if I was drafting on my own and I wanted to target the uh, Raven stack, how would I do it to see if it came back to me? Yeah. Yeah. If the Raven stack wasn't there, I'd probably be looking at like a Judy Williams uh, simply because, you know, I think just they're in a good, uh, division and then I like both those players about the same as Debo and Amari and I think it's all just one big tier but for the Baltimore guys I just looking at the 2v2 if you have Lamar and then any tight end who goes at the next turn versus Mark Andrews and whenever quarterback I guess Lawrence. you're taking a quarterback there yeah Lawrence. Lawrence I think Lamar's kind of the end of a tier him and Fields maybe are together but uh, yeah, I think from Mark Andrews down to Pitts is all one tier of tight ends for me, at least. So it's a, a really good way to put it. That two v two, yeah, that's a good way to put it. And I then agree. I think I think worst comes to worst, you know, when we have Lamar, then we're definitely looking at that Bateman Flowers, maybe likely late. Yeah, 
What do you think? They necessarily don't even need Lamar stacked, right? Like what he offers on the ground. And you do kind of have, it's funny, we've dunked on Odell a lot uh, so far for, you know, the first month of best ball season. But he's almost now a backstop for you in a stack that, like, he's going to be available. Like, if you have to reach, and we're at the turn, so we may have to reach on stacking partners or whatever in the 10th round or 11th round or whatever, right? Like, Odell, we can just, he's your wide receiver seven. He's your stack. If he does outperform, great. If he doesn't, you know, whatever. Um, I think you guys are sweat. I I would. This is so funny though because if I, if it were me and I was on the thirty second clock, right in a BBM draft, I would have auto clicked Andrews, and it, because I'm like, if the if this guy at the turn is doesn't have a stacking partner partner for Lamar, he probably is not going to take him. But I think you guys have outlined like a ton of good points about why not only would it make more sense for us on this team, ignoring Braden's potential to snipe us on Andrews to take Lamar, but also like just like so many contextual points about why Lamar uh, makes a ton of sense. Or then the final, I guess, discussion point is, do we ignore all that shit? Do we actually want Lamar on this team? (laughs) Or do we want to... We're building a zero running back team. We we reached on Devonta Smith in the second round. Do we do Judy Mike Williams or Judy Keenan Allen or Debo Amari or Chris? Right there's or Debo there, McLaurin, Debo McLaurin, Drake so, London, DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, you know, there or or it doesn't have to be correlated either, right? We can take our two right. favorite wide right. receivers here as well, or we can. Yeah, it, there's just a. This spot, I didn't expect it to be this. I mean, I was hoping Hertz would fall here. Yeah, so yeah. we could so we could just like not even talk for the first pick. But this is like really a, a, one of the more interesting points of the entire draft in terms of how you strategize around it. So I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to think because like I said, I would just in a BBM, I would this is a flaw. I would auto smash Andrews. I would be like, Andrews, please God, let this guy not take Lamar. But I don't think that's always that's always right. And we talked about how we're approaching it from a zero RB perspective. So, like, what do we think about? Let's throw the. I, I think I agree with you guys on Lamar. If we're going to try to target the Raven stack, but let's throw that aside. If we want to take wide receiver, what do we do? Mm, so, I mean, for me, per sorry, sorry, Rob. I think for okay. me personally, like, I, I don't really think there's a right way to go about it. Right, like they're. It, we're we're in a flat tier, so um, yeah, you can kind of just throw something on a dartboard, and whoever it kind of picks out, like I'd be fine with. Um, but I think that kind of leads me back to the Lamar point. Like that's where I I'm kind of pushing, just because it, it kind of helps simplify our structure. If we are going zero RB, you know, we have an elite quarterback. You know, we could theoretically only go one quarterback if we really wanted to. Um, it allows us to kind of get more shots later on. So I, I think I'm also on Lamar. I think the way I would play the wide receivers if we were to do it is I, I'm not a big Debo guy this year at all. Like there's just a lot of uncertainty on that. But again, this is a flat tier of wide receiver. So why not take the shot at Debo McLaurin if that was the route we were going to go is kind of the way I would look at playing that. But I think Lamar just sets up the perfect zero RB type of build we're looking for. Because after Lamar, there's no quarterback that I feel is like truly, truly elite. 
right? I think that Lamar's kind of got his we got the S tier of quarterbacks with the top three, and then we have S with an asterisk with Lamar, and then it's you know, Fields kind of almost his own thing, and then Lawrence. He's a better version of what you've outlined with DK Metcalf, where you have this this tier of elite wide receivers down to T. Higgins, right? Mm -hmm. That everybody wants all those guys from Justin Jefferson to T. Higgins. Who the heck doesn't want those guys? And we just like put DK Metcalf in this random spot in the middle of the third round, and then you're like Ridley, Debo, Amari, dealer's choice afterwards. Lamar is kind of like that. After the top three, he's not quite as good as the top three. But then there's him. And like I like Fields. I like Herbert and Lawrence. Everybody does. But there's Lamar. After those top three is just this spot in the third round where um, he fits so well to this area where we we don't have a wide receiver we love. Or we don't have a running back we love. So, um, yeah, I, I do keep coming keep coming back to Lamar. But I, I also think the wide receiver thing is interesting. I do, too. I, I think it's it also helps us with the build that we're making. But I think just personally – we're we're allowing ourselves to get Lamar and either A Andrews, B a third wide receiver. We come back to the five six turn and we can sure up that tight end spot, or we're gonna pound another two wideouts. Theoretically, we could even like dip our toe into um one running back. And basically we're getting two out of four wide receivers most likely in these next four picks. Dobbins goes around there. Yeah, elite tight end. And Dobbins goes around there. Yeah, that's true. So, I was gonna, sorry, Rob. I was just no, going to say, if we were at the, we the 3.12 instead of the 3.11, we would be smashing the Andrews Jackson, I'm pretty sure. So yeah. I think we all agree that that's like the best combination of two picks right here. So it feels more like, a, well, we should at least try for it. And then that's true. worst that's comes good. to worst, we get a quarterback we all think is elite. That's yeah. a good point. That's good. I, I like that. Yeah, so I think I, I'm Lamar on this one. What do you I think, think Silas? So. Final answer. Yeah, I, I'm also Lamar here. I, I think he makes the most sense for what we want to build. Um, the only other thing I can think of is, like, trying to grab both Chargers guys and then grabbing Herbert, mm. hoping he falls. Oh, that's interesting. Um, but do I, don't, I don't think that's <laughs> my preferred <laughs> route. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks silas you added 20 minutes to the show <laughs> you also i will shout out silas you just added like 17 youtube comments of being like <laughs> did you handcuffed your chargers wide receivers in the three four turn you moron <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't even really hate that concept because it is something i've brought up before doing in a spot like this and then trying to get herbert really and i think interesting actually and I think, like, if we if we wanted to do it, I think that this particular draft would have been the way to do it, right? Because I think they're going to push the quarterbacks down a little bit more. So I will have the conversation. I'm still Lamar. But if Lamar wasn't here, I think that would have been a really, really interesting If Lamar draft. wasn't here, I think I would have been, like, all in that idea. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, I think that, Lamar just makes too much sense. Yeah, yeah is that what you think, yeah. Silas? Too? I know you brought you brought it. This is like the Devon. This <laughs> yeah. is like the Devonta Smith. You're, you're you're not even convinced, but you're conv- you brought it up and you're convincing me. Is that how you feel too? Though that like 
if Lamar weren't here, you would probably push for that a little bit harder. But since he's here, you still side Lamar? Uh, I I would definitely consider it more. I don't know if I'd be pushing or for it. Lamar um, and I, Lamar and Andrews are both here. It's like yeah. we have that opportunity available to us. If that wasn't available, it would make more sense to do something like the Chargers or one of these other wide receiver combos. Yeah, I I, th- I think so. Um, just because it kind of gives you more outs, um, and it kind of goes back to what Trev brought up in the last video of like you know you don't need to get as much right make yourself go to the final you're setting yourself up to kind of hyper stack teams that we kind of expect to overperform right what the market thinks think about an eagles god damn it silas i'm really mad you brought this up now because now i'm like i'm galaxy bringing this but it's it's super interesting like what if you started eagles wide receivers chargers wide receivers we obviously didn't get hurts and even if you don't get herbert in this tournament, where it's four out of 12 advance, right, two out of six, and one out of six, and then an eight-person final, if you just have these giga stacks of these elite offenses, even if we don't, like, we would like to have Herbert at the 5-6 turn, even if we don't have Herbert, we can build out Eagle stacks and Charger stacks, and then other main stacks, right, on a zero RB team, it's like the ultimate leverage in a small field uh, final is having these elite offenses stacked up. Plus let's say, uh, I don't know. It, we get Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore and David and Joku later or whatever, right? Like a, a secondary stack of this offense we're excited about, but who knows Anthony Richardson, right? The Colts or whatever we get a, a, a later stack. And then you have these elite offenses and we can get the Kittle or Pitts at the, at the five, six turn. If we want to, it's actually like, <laughs> I really hate you for bringing it up, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like fascinated by this roster construction again, specifically for this bulldog, which I, I don't know that I would do this in like a BBM where I got to beat a million people, but in the bulldog, it's like, dude, you just got like the whole thing about these small field is like, don't fuck it up. Let everyone else fuck it up. Mm. And if you stack the Eagles and the Chargers to start your draft, it's like you're not screwing this draft up. But other people might, right? The guy that took DJ Moore <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins at the at the two three turn might be screwing it up. But we're not going to screw this up with AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And like, I'm not saying we're screwing it up with Lamar, but like, you could. You, yeah. like, the, I, I, only, I love, I love Lamar. I love Lamar, but you could screw it up with Lamar. The only wrench in the Chargers, right, is it's not as kind of concrete as it was in years past. Like they did just draft Quentin Johnson, so True. Um, you know, that that could derail one of our picks here. It kind of makes um, the wide receiver core a little bit ambiguous. Um, it kind of again pushes me off of it, at least for right now. But it, it is a, a somewhat interesting strategy. Travis, is it something? Think? Real quick, is that something we should be considering when we go to the high stakes and DK more? So, like, I know we're going to do one of those eventually. Perhaps we should back pocket this as well, like, even if we don't do it right here, which I don't think we're going to. But if we did, if we back pocket it, maybe we go to the high stakes and let's just say we start Kelsey Mahomes there or something like that. 
like maybe at that three, four turn or whatever it makes sense on DK, we're like, all right, well, I, I guess you'd be going double quarterback at that point early, which I don't hate either, but maybe doing a double team stack with the chargers and DK makes a little more sense. It could, I, the, the structure is entirely different of, of the DK five, 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 right? Because it is yeah. a, a, a larger contest because this one That's is right, only 432 people. Like you can get a little bit more unique while yeah. increasing your floor to actually help your advance rate. Yeah, yeah, this that's a good point. That if we start age, I'm not saying we should do this, but I'm saying from a strategy perspective. So when the the commenter say this makes no sense, I'm gonna uh, uh, put this uh, timestamp in there. From a 36 drafts, there are only 36 drafts in this whole tournament. If you start AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, or Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, there is not another team with that. With those four players, nope. not one. There's, there's probably not another team with an Eagle stack and a Charger stack. So right. you instantly, like all, like nothing else matters the rest of your draft. From you made four picks out of eighteen, and nothing else matters. And so it, it's, I'm like kind of <laughs> harping on it, and we're taking this conversation longer than we all probably thought was going to happen. But it's because it's actually like this is this pick is the the point in which we decide the rest of our draft actually. And mm-hmm. so that's why it's, that's why it's super important. Well, I was, I was also going to bring up if we did, if we did go the Lamar route, we could still grab one Chargers receiver and then go for like a Quentin Johnson. Huge or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then we're still getting the double chargers still have the chance for Mark Andrews to come back. And, you know, either way that seems pretty good. Good point. Yeah, because you can do Quint because then you're getting the three. You're getting the Charger stack, you're getting the the Raven stack and the Eagle stack. Yeah. So I think like the the plan would be we grab Lamar here, we hope Andrews comes back. And if not, then we've decided these wide receivers are all the same tier. We come back, we grab Mike Williams, and then we don't even have to grab Herbert. We can just grab Quentin Johnson if we want to, and if Herbert somehow falls to the uh, 7-8, which is not going to happen, we could still double grab our second quarterback there, punt tight end completely to the end because you can get Everett, you can get likely late, and you get your three team stacks there. So I like the idea. I think we can still implement it. I think we go Lamar. Yeah, I'm still Lamar here. Finally, but, but Eric, I am also. If Lamar wasn't here, it would be a very big conversation to have. Yeah, that's that's why I obviously I think we have all kind of leaned into Lamar, but it's actually like the reason why we're talking about this so long is like this is like a real. This is the spot where if you run into this in your draft on when, on a thirty second clock, like I said, I've never even like thought this through or talk this through with anyone you just get on you're like boop yep okay cool draft this guy whatever try to set up the ravens but it's actually like a really nuanced decision to to think through and so uh i I will put my official final vote of lamar but um 
it's a little more cautious than I probably would have thought. <laughs> I, I was team Andrews to start this whole goddamn conversation. <laughs> and now, and now I, I think I'm Lamar now. All right, let's do it. So our final selection, we're taking Lamar Jackson at the 311. All right, so Braden does make his picks. He decides to go Mark Andrews, Justin Fields. And what that tells me is that we were never getting the Ravens whichever way we played it. He goes with Justin Fields, which tells us that he would have went Lamar Jackson if we went Mark Andrews. And obviously he went Mark Andrews when we went Lamar Jackson. So I think we played that the right way, personally. Uh, Silas, how are you feeling about seeing Braden's picks and what we have on the board here? Fields definitely surprises me a little bit. Um, but if he has Lamar and Fields kind of in that like one B tier to the top three quarterbacks, like kind of makes sense. Um, I feel like he took Andrews just because he was at the top of the queue and a little bit past ADP. Um, so it kind of makes his team a little bit unique, kind of interesting that he is going like a hyper RB team. Um, as he's literally not taking a wide receiver through four picks and he has one elite onesies. Um, he's doing like a zero wide receiver thing, which is um, I think it's going to lead to a great conversation here because I have no idea where we're going to actually be. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Trev? Uh, pretty similar. You know, I was just looking because obviously Andrews is the easy pick, and now it's do we want to still focus on the Chargers or do we want to take some of the guys higher up that we might like more? You know, I think it's all one tier, but everyone's got player takes. We got Christian Watson there. So I think, I think it's going to be a good conversation again. Where are you looking at, Eric, on this? This is maybe the toughest spot in the draft to try to decipher what to do. All these wide receivers to me are the same. I don't actually love the running backs. I'm definitely not a Najee guy, as you see on Silas's, Silas's screen with zero, zero percent. Um, and even even Gibbs, I, I am a little bit more of a Gibbs guy, but I'm not really a big Gibbs underdog guy. But then from Debo down to DJ Moore and Hopkins are off the board. I have to keep reminding myself of, of that. He clicked the, the wide receiver tab. The uh, 101 drafter. T- but like from Debo down to, yeah, McLaurin or Kirk, probably maybe Kirk. Mm-hmm. They're like the same. Like these guys are all the same. So similar to how that 311 discussion is pretty interesting. I think this discussion is, as Trev said, like really interesting because we can, as you, as we outlined before, we can do the chargers thing, but like, that's also, there's no reason we have to make that a priority. We could do Debo. We can do Christian Watson. We can do, do you prefer Drake London? Like if this whole tier, if we, if we believe we want to do wide receiver and this whole tier is the exact same, we need to decide who, which one of these guys we kind of think is, is the best. And I don't know that there's any, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't have any strong take on exactly who is the best other than we do see on our screen for the audio listeners. Debo plays the Ravens in week 16. There's the only, that's the only differentiating fact at week 16, which is really not that important, but uh, uh, at least like a little feather, I guess, in Debo's cap. All right, let's start with the Chargers thing. And I want to hit on a point that Silas brought up when bringing up the Chargers. 
Quinton Johnson is sort of like a log jam in there where he could be factoring into one of these two guys. So let's take it from the perspective that if Quinton Johnson is going to affect Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, which one do we think he would affect more during this season, right? So is it going to be more Mike Williams or is it going to be Keenan Allen, assuming health, which is what we're always assuming? Do you think that he's going to take snaps away from either of those guys? Do you, does any, I'm not going to throw it to a single person. Does anyone have a particular take on that? I don't think he's going to take away snap share from either of them because Kellen Moore is now the offensive coordinator. So I see them running a lot of 11 personnel. Okay. However, if we're going to, you know, Quentin Johnson's more of a field type stretcher, like deep contested catch, like that kind of plays into the Mike Williams role more. Um, I don't, he, he really isn't fluid with his roots, which is what Keenan Allen has always been good at. So Keenan's still going to get over the middle. So I would say it kind of pushes Mike Williams down a little bit, but the age of Keenan Williams in and of itself scares me off. Of him. Yeah. Trev. Yeah, it was similar. It's, you know, him and Mike Williams, they're both like big dot guys. Keenan Allen's also 31. So, you know, he's basically dead to us at this point. So <laughs> I, that, that kind of, the Chargers guys aren't my favorite beside the fact they have Herbert as their quarterback. If I was drafting alone, I'd be looking at Judy, who he had some spike weeks down the stretch, even with how terrible their offense was. And I feel like going from Hackett to Sean Payton could be big unless Payton just decides he hates him. Obviously, we don't know, new coaching staff and everything. But I think of all the players on the board, I mean, can you scroll down a little, actually? Sorry. Very good. Yeah, I think I think Judy would certainly be my pick around here. Um, but Good Debo's, playoff schedule, too. Yeah, Debo's interesting. Um, I don't have a lot of him. I'm not a huge fan, but assuming it's a, a mobile QB, you know, he could be back on his grind of, you know, short A dot yards after catch that he does every season. Mm. Eric? This is – I goddamn hate this point of the draft because you have to sit here and, like, pound the table for one of these wide receivers who are all flawed from Debo mm -hmm. down to Christian Kirk. I actually think I'm kind of Debo here, as weird as it is. When I – I like the I, – I think my second would actually be Judy, um, as, as Trev outlined. I think when we get to these points of the – pockets of the draft i love to like put my football bro hat on and just be like who's the best football player right here right why do i take jameer gibbs sometimes you get to the middle of the fourth round and you're like 31 or whatever year old keenan allen or like mike williams or terry mclaurin or this running back who just got picked 12th overall in the nfl draft Sometimes I'll just, like, let's take that running back. Debo Samuel is elite. He's an elite football player. The dude can play running back. <laughs> like, you could throw Christian McCaffrey to the side. You could probably just put Debo Samuel in that spot, and he would do that. But he, he's just an elite football player. There's a tiny little sliver, as you see on your screen, of correlation on the team that we have here. And it's a 
probably not a super popular combo again in this this tournament, right? Does anyone have AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Lamar Jackson, and Debo Samuel? Probably not. So it's one of those things where we have opportunities from a we already took an elite quarterback, so we're gonna be looking at a later round quarterback. Brock Purdy will be available to us, obviously, at a point later in the draft. We just talked about how at the five six turn, maybe Kittle, maybe Kittle comes back to us at the at the five six turn. Ayuk is definitely gonna be there around the five the five six turn. The 49ers start to become available to us if we take Debo. And it's it's just like I'm starting to stack up things amongst these other wide receivers that are here and i don't i don't like having a a super strong take about debo over these other guys but when we we start to uh you know decide between all the different you know levers we're pulling on one of these wide receivers i kind of feel like he has a few more of them than the other guys do all right so let's do this trev has made a case for judy Eric has made a case for Debo. Silas, pick your favorite guy on the board right now and make a case for them. It can't be Debo or Judy. Another one. <laughs> Everybody's got to well, do it. It, it wasn't. It wasn't gonna be Debo. Um, just because I saw something the other day. Um, you know, two years ago was really an anomaly in terms of uh, his uh, points per game uh, and how his role was used. With CMC there, obviously it's gonna change some things. Um, I would actually go Christian Watson, um, who we saw. Fuck you, Silas. That's who I was going to pick to do this. <laughs> go ahead. All right. Then I'll, I'll switch to my other one. Um, Amari <laughs> no, Cooper. No, go no, ahead. no. I, I, I was stuck between two of them. I, I actually would go for Amari Cooper. Um, former first-round talent. You know, we've seen him flourish in Dallas. He's officially the wide receiver one in Cleveland and actually could get better target share if, if, if D-Hop somehow manages to get there. Um, doesn't have a lot of target competition. Um, I don't think Cedric Tillman or Donovan Peoples Jones is really going to stop him from generating targets. So, you know, we're looking at a 25 to 30% target share on an offense that should pass a lot because they invested a crap ton of money. Um, you know, the one downside of Amari Cooper is pretty much every other year. It kind of seems like he goes off. Um, but I think that's more just a trend and not like what should actually happen. Um, so it would be Amari Cooper. So I was looking at Christian Watson because as we talk about this entire board being relatively like one flat tier, when you look at the names, who are the ones that stand out that could just absolutely crush this year, right? And I think upside-wise, I think he's riskier than other players that are that are sitting around here for sure. But in terms of like just pure upside, Christian Watson, I think, provides a ceiling that some of these other guys just can't even begin to get to. Maybe only a few even have the opportunity to do that. Judy being one of them, Debo being one of them, Cooper being one of them. I don't think anyone else on the board really does. And if we're looking at playoff schedule, Christian Watson is playing – scroll back up real quick. He's playing Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota. Tampa is at home. But then Carolina's on the road and Minnesota's in the dome for week 17. Very young. Like he's a very big boomer bust play. We're not sure what that Packers offense is going to be. I think it's going to be a little better than people, than other people think it's going to be personally. I think they're going to 
see what they have in Jordan Love. They basically have to figure it out this year, like if Jordan Love is the guy or not. So I'm kind of like if we're going with this Eagles double stack and we're just going pure upside wide receiver and we're going to be pounding on the wide receiver train for a bit, might as well get one or two like big, big upside guys. And I don't know if there's a guy that has more upside on the board currently than Christian Watson. My my argument, um, honestly, man, looking at Cooper or Judy, would be it's easy to see how their QB play gets better. You know, Deshaun Watson was great and then just had just was fucking god awful. Judy <laughs> Russell had the worst season of his career probably and a terrible coach. And so, I mean, his QB's not changing, but the coach is improving. Christian Watson was extremely efficient and had Aaron Rodgers. And Debo Samuel might have Sam Darnold. So it's easy to see those situations get worse and both those efficiency players get less efficient. Well, I think it's almost reversed for Cooper and Judy. And then at that point, I'm mainly just thinking, well, Judy's younger, so it's easier to see upside with him. Um, I can push back on that, though, because you have Sean Payton coming in to Denver. We've talked about this, me and Eric have anyways. Sean Payton could look at this as just a complete rebuilding year. And he could just be kind of throwing, he might throw in the towel next week on this team. Just do what he can to build out, see what he has for players. No, he has to deal with Russell Wilson for this year. If they're talking about bringing in Dalvin Cook, not that they're going to, but they might just be, <laughs> uh, let's, let's run, run pass, get the hell out of these games, get people not hurt. And we're playing for 2024. Side note: right. If they're bringing, if they bring in Dalvin Cook, doesn't that make you want to draft the Broncos a little bit more? Like, what is the purpose of bringing in Samaj P. Ryan and Dalvin Cook if they're not trying to win this year? I'm not saying that that that, that obviously we're recording this when literally the Dalvin Cook news just broke. But the fact that they're even interested that's, in that's Dalvin Cook point. is is like. Sean Payton. I mean, Sean Payton is not. How old is Sean Payton? <laughs> like this guy's got to be like almost sixty, right? Like he he's probably thinking about the future. And we're we're very. And trust me, he's fifty nine years old. I'm very attached to this kind of narrative for sure, just like everybody else is. With like the Broncos are gonna just suck and tank it out and get rid of Russ and and all that kind of stuff. But like. Does Sean Payton really want to live a year of like Jarrett Stidham throwing to what Marvin Mims uh, t- twelve times a game? Like probably not. So the, the the counter to that is maybe Sean Payton comes in and says, "No, this team should have won last year. We're gonna win. We're gonna win this year." The counter to that counter is <laughs> fucking counter counter. <laughs> the counter to that counter is. First- the Dalvin Cook thing <laughs> might just tell you that Javante Williams is not playing much this True. year, and they're just looking for bodies, veteran bodies, on a relatively cheap price tag to bring in and just run the football with Samaje and Dalvin Cook. And that, the that could already, be all that the, is. The Bills already took Latavius Murray away from him, so uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Okay, the counter. All counters. Oh, okay, man. Triple counter. Trade block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, my my last point, countering all the other counters, would be <laughs> I think I think he's at least going to give Wilson a chance, you know. And if he sucks, the pick's probably kind of dead anyways. 
So while he might just be, you know, six games in or something, he's like, okay, let's just wrap this season up. If if the team's just terrible, the offense isn't performing, probably doesn't matter that they're going to run the ball more because it's like, well, the pick's kind of dead. But I I think it'd be strange just if they are playing well, they're still just like, yeah, let's get rid of all these guys. Let's move on to next year. We can agree that that the only person that is a potential dead pick on this board in terms of just team is Jerry Judy, right? I think he has tremendous upside, but none of these other guys are like any sense of being him him and Debo are probably the best players, depending upon what you think about Amari Cooper, but, or or, or I guess Keenan. So now I'm contradicting myself, but I, I think Debo and Jerry Judy, pure raw skill on the football field at this point in their careers are probably the best football players it's just that jerry judy has like you said week 12 the broncos maybe before that shut it down right and Mm -hmm. and probably no one else has that risk right i guess the only counter or counter (laughs) judy quadruple counter judy has been on the trade block i mean he was mentioned early in the season he's in the last year of his contract they're not sure if they're going to give him is he in the fifth year option i don't don't know yeah they 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 exercise his fifth year yep so, you know, do they want to give him a massive contract because he's going to get one and he hasn't been able to stay on the field? So, um, true. You know, that he is a guy that I could see move within the next month that we just, you know, weren't expecting to move, but somehow kind of financially they figure it out. One thing I did want to just mention now, I'm going to come back and be stubborn about the guy that I brought up, but we're bringing up all these kind of negatives to every one of these players like i love I, I i actually take quite a bit of jerry judy uh the chargers make sense but as you guys have said you know you have qj later we don't know how that's all gonna play out we also we're we're assuming the chargers uh are awesome but like these guys went a little bit ahead of this but not that much ahead of this last year and it was a disaster and quentin johnson wasn't there last year uh we're pipe dreaming about Amari Cooper. And again, I'd take Amari Cooper, but like Deshaun Watson was terrible last year. Yeah. Maybe it's over. I, I don't know. The one guy right here that is, again, going back to the don't screw this up methodology is Debo Samuel. He's good at the game. Kyle Shanahan clearly knows how to use him. <laughs> like, uh, we've seen that for a while. I know they have Christian McCaffrey. I don't think. Debo, like Debo is not a guy I have heavy exposure to, but if you want to say you just took the Eagles and Lamar Jackson, you didn't screw this up through three rounds and you're targeting a zero RB team and we're in this flat tier. Like just Debo is just never going to kill you. No, he had, he could have an air quotes down season and he's not, it, it's, he's going to help your best ball team. Is he overpriced? Maybe actually probably, like a, a round overpriced or something by his ADP, but he's just never going to hurt you. And then he sets us up for Purdy. He sets us up for Kittle at the five, six turn. You know, he sets us up for Washington. If we want to do some week 17 stuff, I just feel like we're, there's a lot of flaws of all these guys. And we can just take the guy who's like, you're just good at the game and is never really going to kill you, uh, obviously assuming health, which is really – that that's been the only flaw of Debo is, is health. Well, he had a down year last year just kind of looking at his numbers. He 
He only had two top 10 finishes where he finished as the wide receiver four, wide receiver six. And out of the top three finish, top three 20 finishes, he finished as the wide receiver 19 one week. So I don't think that's a Debo thing. I think that was an offense thing. They were just, you know, but is that a thing again this year is the question with him would be my, would be my concern. I think he's the best football player on the list for sure. I, that's not the argument at all. The argument would be like, how are they going to use him this year? Who the hell's throwing him the football? And does he have, is he going to have opportunities? It could be, it could be similar to Rob's situation for the Broncos. I mean, not exactly the same, not packing it up, but they could go really run heavy if the QB situation is bad. I mean, Purdy was a Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, you know, and then he, kind mm-hmm. of broke out and if they are even more run heavy this season it's not like he doesn't have target competition Ayuk's good McCaffrey's good Kittle's good and Elijah Mitchell can also you know run the ball even more for them so I think I think the safety is like assuming quarterback play isn't bad and they want to pass the ball then he probably is the safest you know in like a median but I don't I don't think he's. I think Amari's the safest. I think the safest is Amari Cooper. Like, if we're going. I I kind of disagree with that with how tragic Amari has been in some years. Uh, Like, he he really hurts. Like, he can literally sink your team, Mm -hmm. how bad he is. You're going to get some usable weeks out of Debo. Uh, My only concern with Debo is his role. Like, we really didn't see McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell healthy together. So, we're not going to see Debo being used in the backfield pretty much at all, I would think, because they want to keep him healthy. So, you know, what are we talking, six targets a game, seven targets a game? Like, he's not a 10-plus target guy. Um, sure. So we're, we're hoping he breaks one. So who? So we, we're starting to, like, eliminate <laughs> all of these players. Is there anyone we haven't, we haven't talked about? We haven't talked about Drake London. We haven't talked about Terry McLaurin. I love those guys. So I love those guys as well. But I think people, this will be the Devonta Smith uh, pick if we take them at 38, where people are like, how could you possibly take, you know, Terry McLaurin at 38? But do those guys look just as good as Debo Samuel? Set us up for, again, later stacks, keep us on structure. And like the only concern for Drake London, again, you want to talk about my draft the best football player Debo is better than Drake London but like Drake London's I feel like it's proven he's a really good football player Terry McLaurin also really good football player you want to talk about somebody that can outperform if the offense is a little bit better Drake London and Terry if they if the Falcons throw a little bit more Drake London is not going to be a late fourth round pick next year or or even an early fourth round pick next year he's going to be like CeeDee Lamb if they throw, if they throw more, right? Garrett Wilson, Amon Ra, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, awesome football player. If Washington outperforms and Sam Howell's really good, you're not getting him at the four or five turn next year. So if we have concerns about all these other guys and they're not separating themselves, why? Like we were willing to do this with Devonta Smith. Why don't we dip our toes into something like one of one of those guys or 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 Christian? If you guys want to. Pound the table for Christian Kirk. I think he's 
a little lesser than than those guys, but he would set us up for Lawrence at the five six turn if we wanted to do that too. I think I think we should at least talk a little bit about like a London McLaurin or Kirk. Look, you're you're not going to get me to not talk about these guys. I love Drake London. My only my my exposure to Drake London is huge this year. The only reason why I would like put a not take Drake London right now is because that five six turn we might want to grab Kyle Pitts. Not that we can't take both of the Atlanta guys. We could do that for sure. You don't want to super. You don't want to mega stack the <laughs> uh, the team that throws twelve times a game. Not, in, I mean, not interested in that. <laughs> we, we could, but McLaurin with the enemy coming over there. I think, I think McLaurin could have an absolute. I think this could be the best year of his career potentially. Now he still has a long career ahead of him. But I love Terry McLaurin. I love grabbing London. So those are guys that I am fully in on. I guess if we're going to pick between, if we were to pick between those two to move up into this conversation, though, I'd probably go McLaurin just for wanting to keep Pitts in my back pocket for that five six turn. I'm with you on that, and it's it's a weird take being like, if if Howell's bad, having Brissett is almost like. A backup plan, you know, because they have two chances at decent quarterback play, which is mm-hmm. more than he usually gets, and he usually still performs sure. well. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a Howell, like I believe in Howell as much as you can. Like he showed it, like in college, um, that he can be decent, and he had the one game which was pretty good against the Cowboys. Um, so I would between those two, I definitely be McLaurin. I'm definitely interested in Pitts, but I wouldn't want London and Pitts is definitely like we're saying that the Falcons are going to change a lot and they just drafted B. John Robinson with a top 10 pick. And we also take, and if we were, if we wanted to go elite tight end in that range, one of the other guys is Dallas Goddard, which is off the board for us essentially with Devonta Smith, AJ Brown. So you're, so at that point we're only getting Kittle, but you know, that that's not the worst case. If you grab McLaurin, now you keep Kittle on board for that Week 17 matchup. Not that that's what we have to go to, but you get that McLaurin-Kittle correlation, you're never going to get um, Debo with Pitts because Debo's obviously – well, I guess you could go Debo-Pitts. So I guess those are those are two, two V2s we could be looking at there, right? No, why am I saying Debo Pitts? That's not what I meant. Debo. London Pitts. Debo McLaurin you're never getting is what I was trying to say. Um, so you can't get that one, but you could get McLaurin Kittle. Yeah. Yeah. Salas, what do you uh, – between – I, I, now I'm fascinated on this London McLaurin thing because I think we stumbled onto – it was almost like process of elimination, right? We were like mm-hmm. talking through all these wide receivers at the top and we, they all have cases, but then we, we also, they also have like really distinct flaws. And I feel like London or McLaurin almost make more sense than the other, than the other guys. So what do you think in between those two? I think London and Watson are very similar bets. Um, second year breakouts on offenses that you're hoping kind of transform and take the next step. Um, Cause I mean, let's put it, the Packers were not good last year. 
they were terrible with Aaron Rodgers. They ran the football a crap ton. So, I mean, obviously not as much as the Falcons, but, um, you know, they're both phenomenally talented wide receivers. Um, so you're hoping they take that next step. McLaurin scares me a little bit. Um, I feel like he's kind of like Debo. He's kind of a safer play. Like, I don't think he has the ceiling um, of a, a, you know, top 10-ish wide receiver for the year. Um, I think he's kind of safely in that high wide receiver two range. Um, and I don't think he's like a wrong pick, but I think he's the safe pick. Like he's going to consistently give you what you need, similar to Debo Samuel. Um, so, I mean, I'm fine with it. I, I would prefer to take a swing on upside here. Um, so I would kind of be looking at Judy, Drake London, or Christian Wilson. I guess that's the question, right? That I agree. I totally agree with everything you said. That fact that he has some other things going for him, Terry McLaurin, or deep, right? I think Debo and Terry McLaurin are somewhat similar conversations, as you said. Is the fact that he's just never going to hurt us, basically, having him on our team. And I, what Trev said was just chef's kiss. Howell. Howell could be the breakout where Terry McLaurin does become maybe that top 15, top 12, top 10 wide receiver. But we have a backstop of Jacoby Brissett, right? Like, I love Debo. He's amazing. If Trey Lance sucks, (laughs) you know, like, it's probably not. I guess they have Sam Darnold, right? But, like, if Russell Wilson gets benched, Jarrett Stedham was good for one game last year, but Jerry Judy is not going to be worth the 38th overall pick, right? If Russ sucks, we have a backstop for Terry. If Desmond Ritter sucks, which he, let's be honest, he probably does. He's probably not good. If Desmond Ritter sucks, Taylor Heineke is not making Drake London a smash. Jacoby Brissett is this backstop of Terry McLaurin where like, What's the worst? What what's the worst that can happen with Terry McLaurin? And the best that can happen is like Sam Howell's really good, and we already know Terry McLaurin's really good. I know that like from a fantasy perspective, he's never been you know a top ten guy, but like Cooper Cup was never a, a top ten guy before. You know he he broke out, and we just it's it's one of those things where again, don't screw this thing up. And through three picks, this is what we've been doing in this tournament the bulldog again in bbm uh, dude i take lots of judy i take i take a bunch of christian watson i I take those guys because i need a home run swing dude i need christian watson to be a superstar i need jerry judy i need russ to be russ and i need sean payton to turn the broncos into a top five offense i take those guys in this tournament i feel like a guy like mclaurin is a killer pick because like you cannot miss small miss Maybe not big win, but like reasonable win. Maybe big, maybe big win. What what if Sam Howell's really good, right? Like I, I don't know. Um, I I think that uh, I'm starting to talk myself into into McLaurin. We also have you want to talk about stupid things we think about as best ball sickos. If we're targeting Kittle at the five six turn, they play each other in in week seventeen. We have Sam Howell in our back pocket now. Uh, we're already targeting late round quarterback with Lamar. Leaves Pitts on the board. Yep, leaves Pitts. Leaves Pitts as an elite tight end. Yeah, if that's the route we go, can can we look at the wide receivers and just scroll down a little bit to see 
what we're going to be looking at at our next range of picks, roughly. So it's probably going to be this. We will say we'll start with we'll start with Pittman. It's Pittman, Godwin, Ayuk, JSN, Lockett, uh, and Hollywood Brown would be the other guy in this range. So I don't know if there's another actual safe pick here, right? Because there's there, there's there is a there, there is a safe pick, Got but it. then there's a bunch of. Uh, I would say uh, Hollywood. Yeah. Even with uh, the uncertainty, like he is their wide receiver. One. That's fair. Gives us uh, a week seventeen match. Every, everybody else comes with some concern. Um, True. You know, Pittman as a rookie quarterback, we don't even know if he can throw the football, even if mm-hmm. he's um, a descendant of Zeus himself. Um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield sucks. Ayuk's the same, like very similar bet to Debo, um, yeah. and then super uncertainty with see how Seattle's trio of, of targets are going to go. That's true. Um, but, you know, there is there is significant upside in that that group as well. So if that's the case, if we're looking at there's more risk in this next portion of the draft, maybe we do go with that safe pick with McLaurin because we're, we're going to be introducing the risk factor a little bit more when we get to our next two picks because we're going to have to go wide receiver with one of the picks. And if we're gonna take a swing on a home run, let's let's kick that swing down to as cheap of a cost as possible. I've right. I, I've also got a sicko tiebreaker that the Eagles and the Commanders play twice during the regular season. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, that is sicko. That is some sicko shit that I love. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm in for McLaurin. I, I could have been swayed on a few of these guys here. But... I could have been swayed on everyone on the board, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do think there are some higher upside guys for sure, other than McLaurin, but I do think Definitely. he is the safest pick. But not even just that he's the safest pick. I think he sets us up the best for what we have coming up on our, specifically our next two picks, but also down the board as well. I so... think that's, it's that's the thing. Every time you come on the clock, there's all these different variables that you have to factor in, and or it's not to try to make Terry McLaurin out to be like, oh, you're just playing for the floor and the safety. It's the reason why we're recording these videos is when we come back to the the 59th overall pick and the five six turn, we need to plan ahead for what might be there at the five six turn. If George Kittle is there at the five six turn. All of us are going to hop on the, the, the stream just like we did with AJ Brown and be like, uh, yeah, we all agree on George Kittle, right? Like, we're just like, we'll put some fluff of five minutes of conversation, but we'll, we'll yeah. just draft George Kittle. And even if Kyle Pitts is there, we'll probably be like, yeah, probably Kyle Pitts. And so when you know that, or like, who knows? JK Dobbins is there at 59 overall. We're, we're drafting a zero RB team. We have Lamar Jackson. We talked about how team stacking makes a lot of sense in this in this tournament. Planning ahead for those things is how not just this this idea of Terry McLaurin is is perfect for this team. Um, I think there's he has the most like variables that play out in his favor of every wide receiver here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm in for it because again, it's a flat tier. This like Debo to Kirk is literally like the flattest tier of wide receivers you're gonna see. Like it's it's I almost wish we could just reach into a bag and pull a name out and just be like, whatever, that's fine. But in terms of what makes sense for this team, McLaurin does make a lot of sense to this team. So I'm in I'm in for McLaurin. Final Trip. vote. Silas I'm Trip. All, I'm all for McLaurin. Silas. Silas, you can push I, I, him, back. him and Steve, him and C- Debo are like the same bet. So um, take the one that has a, a little bit better of a quarterback situation. I yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do McLaurin. All right. So we're taking Terry McLaurin. So through four rounds, we have AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Terry McLaurin, and Lamar Jackson at QB. We will be coming back for our probably fifth and sixth. It looks like our our friend Braden at that at that last pick, that turn pick is going to be generally smashing right away. So I think these videos are going to be two picks per, and I think they're going to get a little bit shorter going forward, but these were very key moments in the <laughs> yeah. draft. Yes. Um, and we had to talk through them, but any final thoughts from anybody? Awesome. The people are going to hate it. You reached on Devonta Smith. You reached on Terry McLaurin. You're an idiot. Oh, it doesn't matter about the fact that we talked about it for 45 (laughs) minutes as to how we landed on this. None of that matters. You're an idiot for, and none of it will matter when I'm in a bathtub full of $30,000. So (laughs) amen. That's right. Amen to that. All right. And on that note, this is a good team. (laughs) On that note, picturing Silas in a bathtub full of money. We'll catch you later. (laughs) Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? If you turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.